Greetings in the name of our wonderful Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This is Pastor Dwight Oswald with the June edition of the Earnestly Contending Letter. This letter is titled, Defender of the Faith? A few days ago, King Charles III was officially crowned as King of the United Kingdom. For 500 years, his predecessors have all been recognized as being head over the Church of England and assumed the title Defender of the Faith. However, back in the 90s, Charles said in a famous interview with journalist Jonathan Dimbley, I personally would rather see it as Defender of Faith, not the faith, because it, that is Defender of the Faith, means just one particular interpretation of the faith. End of quote. Exactly. The phrase, the faith, is narrow and defines Christianity exclusively in terms of New Testament truth. And that is offensive. The way of the cross is offensive to the world, Galatians 5.11. To truly be a defender of the faith means standing for the true faith of Christ in opposition to all that is false. Paul spoke in terms of the offense of the cross in Galatians 5.11 and said, If I still please men, I would not be a slave of Christ, Galatians 1.10. One can't defend the true gospel and a false gospel at the same time. Paul was most emphatic when he said, quote, If anyone preaches any other gospel to you than what I have preached to you, than that you have received, let him be accursed, Galatians 1.8 and 9. It doesn't sound like he was too affirming of other faiths. In fact, he clearly pronounced a curse on anything which is contrary to the true gospel. For months leading up to the coronation, it was speculated on whether or not Charles would take his oaths in relation to being the defender of the faith, or simply defender of faith, in a general sort of ecumenical and politically correct way that embraces all faiths whatever they may be. In the end, the king did take his oaths under the verbiage of defender of the faith, because he did indeed want to be king. The Church of England determined the king does not have the right to change the coronation oath, but rather such a change would require legislation, which presented an obstacle. However, a quote-unquote wiggle room consolation was made. For the first time, the coronation oath was prefaced with the words, quote, The church established by law, whose settlement you swear to maintain, will seek to foster an environment in which people of all faiths and beliefs may live freely. In reality, hardly anyone took the king's oaths regarding the faith very seriously. No one expects the king to be a serious defender of the Christian faith. In fact, there is no record of the king ever making a clear or solid confession of the true gospel. And in England, hardly anyone cares, as only a small minority even profess to hold to any form of Christianity, and most who do only do so nominally. The coronation was merely a show event, full of pageantry and tradition. It was merely a form of godliness which denies any life-transforming power. The phrase, the faith, rang hollow. 
The king's actions speak louder than the oaths he mouthed. The king in the past has shown great interest in a wide variety of faiths. He is said to be interested in all kinds of spirituality, including Eastern Orthodoxy and various aspects of Islam. Those representing Judaism, Islam, Buddhism, and Sikhism all had an officially recognized part of the coronation ceremony. One commentator said the king is, quote, much more committed to a progressive agenda than Christianity is comfortable with. That would be consistent with defending faith in a nebulous sense, but totally inconsistent with being a true defender of the faith, which was once for all delivered to the saints, Jude 3. Jesus was clear that narrow is the gate that leads to life. Matthew 7, 13 and 14. Jesus claimed he alone is the way, the truth, and the life. John 14, 6. To be an elder in Christ's church requires that one hold fast to the faithful word and be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and convict those who contradict. Titus 1, 9. Jude wrote to the saints exhorting them to contend earnestly for the faith. Paul constantly put his life on the line for the faith, and at the end of his life could say, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. 2 Timothy 4, 7. Paul warned of the time to come when many in Christendom would not endure sound doctrine, but rather would be given over to false teachers. 2 Timothy chapter 4. We are there. For many, the faith is all about show, which lacks reality. Thought, to be a defender of the Christian faith, you must first possess that holy faith. This is Pastor Dwight J. Oswald earnestly contending.